Yeah, I did too. I did too. I'm sorry. I'm over here trying to help Tom find a synthesizer online for a relatively cheap price. What? What for a? Um, what? What is a synthesizer again? It, uh, interesting question, Aaron. Very interesting question. <laughs> um, uh, nobody did, knows. That's the magic. <laughs> yeah. Love <laughs> oh, it. Yeah, I feel like oh, I got into this. I got into this whole podcast game, and I don't even—I barely know how to work this fucking mic, you know. <laughs> like, well, this is only like, the beginning. Within a week or two, you will know how to run a MIDI cable from a synthesizer oh, no. to no. your computer. Let's see. That's what I have a producer for. R- right. <laughs> yeah. We should have invested in that. I mean, I was watching this this podcast with Harmony Korean talking about, or not, it wasn't a podcast, like a little video or something. He was like, if you're making a movie, you should just make the whole thing yourself. And if you have to spend money, you should spend it on a sound guy because that's the one thing that's easy to fuck up and hard to get right. My dude, like, when he's working on our shit, he starts to see, he talks about seeing, like, the, uh, the speech pattern is like a wave and he's giving me all these like you know floral sort of images and trying to i'm just like dude as long as you slap some tracks together man and put that shit out there i don't care man go ahead um well fellas um thanks for hopping on on such short notice um i feel like it's it's been a weird couple of days I mean, I, I don't know. To be honest, like, it feels like we just recorded our Patreon episode yesterday. So, I mean, like, I guess maybe we're in this sort of liminal space where, like, things happen. Things are happening, but nothing is really happening. Like, you hear news of political developments, but you don't really see the sort of results of any of them. Like, I don't even... There's not even any good, like, tr- good Trump clips out right now. Like, when's the last time you saw a Trump clip? Nah, because he's like locked up in the White House right now, like refusing to concede to come out. So it's like we're in this weird stasis, like we fell into like a time right, hole right. or some shit. I, I, in I don't know. County, they've said that America's just elected its first Adolf Hitler, except his name is Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, did I, did I tell you guys? The day, I think it was the day after the election, I was driving on the highway. Now, I don't think I told y'all. I was driving on the highway, and there was this white pickup truck with an American flag draped on the back. And the woman, had it was a woman driving, this white woman, and she wrote in a white marker on the back of her windshield, her back windshield, um, CNN bound for faith and justice. <laughs> and like when I tell you that shit, I was like, "Yo, should I be tailing this woman? Is she about to go like become Shh. next like that? <laughs> you know should I go mean? take out Jack Tapper, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because she was headed downtown. You know, that's where the CNN center is. You know, <laughs> yeah, man. in her eyes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, gripping the steering wheel. You know, <laughs> white knuckle. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I think that if anything, that's the one development, I guess, over the past couple of days is that his supporters in the Republican Party, well, I don't know what the Republicans are doing, but his supporters are increasingly getting like mad. Yeah. Right. Because they think the election's been stolen from them. Well, oh, they're thoroughly convinced of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, there's. The, the, my only gauge for this is there's an arcade in town that is publicly very pro-Trump. That's its whole thing. It's like a pro-Trump arcade. And the guys that run it haven't been out there since Saturday. So I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know what they're up to. Hard to tell if they're plotting something or if they're just like tucking their tail between their legs and their pride's hurt, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They just decided to sell the business and just stock up guns or some shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, Joe Biden and his draconian taxes against arcades. <laughs> I, I don't understand like how that, like I mean I don't know anyone could be I, I don't want to be uh, hypocritical because last week we talked about like you know Trump supporters and how they're not all terrible people, but like Tanya posted a I think it was a, a donut place man like Maga Donuts 
you know yeah. and then there's this arcade and it's just people with these like really like whimsical sort of professions and careers that are just like support this dude man like how do you own an art how are you angry enough to support trump and own an arcade like i don't i don't understand that <laughs> it's incongruous man it's like you can't really like a guy that's so like part of his shtick is so rooted in hate yeah. like just transparently and you're just going to try to like ascribe that to exactly. like the happiest businesses around you know what I mean it's like Trump florist Trump you know toy I mean? store <laughs> yeah that's right oh. Oh, man. Yeah. it has been a uh, you're right though Aaron this is a trend this is something I've seen it's I don't know. It's like they're they're Trump themed regular businesses. Yeah, I mean this. I saw this actually when Obama got elected too, because somewhere in Bushwick in Brooklyn, there's an Obama fried oh, chicken fuck. man. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, can I can I ask a follow up question? <laughs> yeah. Who, who owns that place? <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing, man. I don't know. I don't even know who owned it, dude. I mean, they might have been like, you know, these like uh, Arab dudes, maybe. I think there were Yemeni, actually, that might have owed it. But like, yeah, I don't know, man. I think that it's, I was uh, I was trying to get into the board, you know, in the whole society right. of the spectacle. Yeah. Because, um, yo, I saw some images, man. I don't know. I, that picture that I showed y'all, that Norman Rockwell-like painting of... <laughs> Biden and Kamala, like, you know, like embracing, and then this fucking John Lewis and Elijah Cummings and RBG yeah. and fucking John McCain. <laughs> <laughs> Looking down at them and laughing and smiling. And I was like, yo, this is insane. I was like, this is like literally the other side of the equation of like the fucking Trump paintings, the guy that does the Trump paintings where like he's being touched by like the founding fathers and Frederick Douglass and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like it's Yeah, like John McNaughton. Yeah, exactly. That's the dude. It's just yeah, so Trump's fucking on a bizarre. Trump's on a like a Harley Davidson fat boy with Melania hanging off the back and just got his no, that's, leather um, coat. <laughs> I've seen that one. You're too. confusing him with You're confusing him with Ben Garrison. <laughs> no, no, I think John McNaughton has one of him on a hog too, like in that style, like kind of in the style of like a oh, dog really? playing poker. Yeah, yes, yes, that's what it is exactly. <laughs> yeah, like it's like some real like Americana type feel, dude. It's just it's so bizarre. Like I feel like reality is like splitting at the seams right now, and like it's literally manifesting <laughs> itself because we have this dude in the White House that doesn't want to come out, and it's like. All right, which federal agency is going to be the one that like call him out of the White House? Is the system even built for that shit? Like hell no. Y'all think this? I mean, this is I guess probably the central thesis of this, but like, like, what do you think's going to happen with this? <laughs> like, is he going to like is he going to get like Trump is too prideful to like you know have pictures of him like being drug out by his feet like on the White House lawn? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But like, I don't know. He's not. He's not going to leave. Yo, imagine if he just didn't He'll physically leave. leave, and we were just all like, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think this little coup thing's going to nah. work. I, I mean, I'm not trying to ring the alarm about that. All I'm saying is that motherfucker ain't moving shit till January 20th. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I did see like a moving truck out, a U-Haul truck outside the White House. There were pictures of that like a couple days ago. But I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think at this point, no, I I think at this point, the market has already settled on Biden being the next thing and has even started, not that the market is some indicator of like what's going to happen politically, because in 2016, I really did believe that Wall Street and the corporate elite would never let Trump. I don't know why I thought this. I wasn't. I was an idiot. Let it be. You know, unequivocally. Well, because they like stability. It's, it's right. they seemingly like stability. So why they want somebody who's like you know like Erratic, chaos. Like, like, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I guess that's it. Like you, that you, they like stability. They don't, they don't like you know bumps in the road that they can't see coming or something like that. I guess. Or, or at least they, they don't like, you know, social forces being unleashed that they can't keep a hand on in some way. Exactly. I guess. Anyways, I thought that this would happen in 2016 that B- 
because of that nature of the system that that they would never let Trump win, never. And so now I kind of feel like several things happened at once. You know, Biden was announced to have won, and then like within two days they announced that you know Pfizer had this new COVID vaccine, mm. and and as a result. And there's several things about this COVID vaccine. I, I mean, one of which is that it has to be stored at like negative 80 degrees Celsius. And that's going to be really expensive and hard to roll out around the world. And also, most rural hospitals don't have the kind of like, you know, cold storage facilities that could house that kind of stuff. So there's all, you know, right at the gate, there's all kinds of problems with it. Also, I think it's like not even going to be a thing until what, like four or five months? Yeah, we're, people are not going to get it until, like, the summer. Right. And so... And that's, like, the first wave, right? Yeah. So, like, we're, we're probably looking at, like, October 2021. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be in the second yeah. quarter, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the cheap seats on that one. <laughs> yeah, we, um... So, like, that... The, the news of that, the announcement of that, which I believe came on, like, Monday, got the markets completely you know, riled up. Um, it got them, they were, they were positively titillated and, you know, the prospect of an economic recovery also coming along with that, you know, is what kind of got the markets back up. And so I guess where I'm going with this is that we kind of live in a new paradigm already. And so, but it's like, it's, it's just sort of not really getting there because Trump is refusing to leave it's like breaking up with somebody and they refuse to move their shit out or whatever. But um, yeah. at this point, it doesn't feel like the market's really... I, I don't think they would respond well to if they did pull off some sort of coup or something, right? I mean, like, it's, it's weird because, like, you know, I think that either way, like, you know, they'll be prepared for, like, whatever outcome, right? Because, like, you know, business as usual. But I'm just curious about the Republicans because they seem to be, like, privately you know congratulating biden like i was watching majority report today and there was a clip where chris coons uh, i forget what well, he's a senator from i forget what state but he's basically like oh yeah uh, republicans behind closed doors are calling out senators and congratulating biden but then like publicly like mitch mcconnell who were saying like you know that like oh we have to count the votes and make sure that you know there are no irregularities and then pompeo's joke and it's like i think that they it like to your point, Terrence, about like the market right. not liking like this this kind of populism, right? Like the Republicans, they're scared of their base, so they want to keep them activated and make them feel like, oh yeah, this election was illegitimate, while also already being wi- being willing to negotiate with the Biden and uh, you know administration in transition. But it also like I think maybe sets it up for like two to four years from now, so they already have the institutions, the courts, and the narrative in place to be like, oh yeah, remember last time how the election was stolen? You know? And that's what's kind of scary, you know what I mean? That's what's scary. Right. To me, I guess kind of where I'm going with this, the point, I guess the point maybe I'm I'm trying to make is that if you are in Wall Street or if you're one of these big tech companies or if you're a company that gets a lot of government contracts from the Pentagon and stuff, you probably the last four years have haven't probably been all that great for you and so you know you're looking ahead and you know biden has just announced this transition team and like everybody in his defense you know department transition team is like a china hawk and you start thinking like well maybe this will will get some sort of technological or military battle you know confrontation out of this and that will, you know, increase the bottom line, increase government spending and tech the tech sector and these military contractors and you know what I mean? Like so much of the economy is underwritten by the United States military, by the Pentagon, and what we do around the world. And so it seems to me that I, I don't I don't know. It just there's what I guess what I'm trying to say is there are interests at the, you know, sort of like top of society and within the elite who have their own sort of, you know, material interests. And will that be stronger than the ones that that Trump assembles? I don't know. Mm. You know, mm. I, I, that's really the question for me, I suppose. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, because they would prefer, like, I mean, a Biden administration is perfect for these people, you know, because they get to do whatever they want to do, and they don't have, like, the grotesque, like, Trump's face attached to it and the instability of it all. But, like, they're probably just waiting to see what happens, you know? Yeah. They're just like, well, you know, if we're going to slide into a coup, that's cool. If right, not, you get right. Sleepy Joe, that's fine, too. <laughs> you know. Yeah, they're straight either way. And like you said, I mean, one thing Republicans are good at, and it's out of necessity because they're so unpopular, is they're good at forecasting. You know what I mean? They're good yeah. at like propping themselves right. up for long-term health over like the short term, which is a lesson the Democrats never bothered to learn. And I think that, uh, you know, it's just like, yeah, you're right, Aaron. I think we could have a scary situation on our hands with like a, a uh, sort of emboldened, aggrieved base of Trump supporters that like, you know, want a revenge match in twenty twenty four and that's not uh that's not that's not great. <laughs> Yo, we're gonna be stuck I mean, I don't wanna sound like one of those people that are like, Oh, we defeated fascism at the polls like, nah man. But that active <laughs> that like that, that active rabid base, we're gonna be stuck with these people, like these fucking cute odd folks and shit like that for the next like thirty years, man. That Absolutely. <laughs> what's QAnon? What's QAnon look like in ten years? I mean, shit, dude. President of the United States. I don't know. <laughs> they have their own caucus within the Republican Party. Oh my god! It would be like it'd be like tantamount to like the Posadas actually having like a block in the <laughs> in the DNC or something. <laughs> Yo, why not, dude? Accelerate this all. Let's get it over with, man. Hey, <laughs> we gotta have something to meet the QAnoners. You know what I mean? I'll start the Masonic Caucus. Hell yeah. Let's get it <laughs> I mean, if oh, they're successful, in 10 years, they will have basically exterminated all of us, right? I mean, the, the sort of... The logic of it is that the Democrats... Anybody who's to the left of goddamn... Um, Jim Clyburn is, uh, you know, <laughs> needs to be taken to the camps and exterminated. That that they're satanic, right? That that's that's their narrative of it. And so I think that like, I think this is different than the Tea Party. People like to compare these two as like insurgent right wing forces, but the Tea Party was more like upper middle class, like I don't want to pay taxes type. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like the John Everybody Boehner, like kind of like. Well, not really, yeah. I guess, because he got. But yeah, I know well, what you Paul mean. Ryan. Paul Ryan. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wants to have like you know um, f- uh, basic services and all this kind of stuff. Everybody wants to live in these li- libertarian utopias, but nobody wants to pay taxes. That was kind of like the Tea Party thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. I used to work with this guy named Storman Norman. That's what they called him. He was a biker. I think he was maybe uh, <laughs> an outlaw or something like that. With a name like that, yeah. I mean, like outlaw, like as in like the outlaws. Oh, okay, soccer okay. club. And uh, man, he'd pull up to work every day in this beat up pickup truck with two German shepherds in the back that were like the most obedient dogs I've ever fucking seen. Like he would just say, he would just like snap his fingers. They would go get in the bed of the truck and just lay down, and stay there for hours. Shit. And like it was fucking wild. And Norman came up to me, and we were uh, hanging drywall one day. That little stage terrace that's like where they, down at the river park where they like play shows. Oh sometimes. yeah, I saw Ace Freely there. We we're not hanging drywall, hanging uh, insulation. Yeah. And he came up to me. He said, "I want to tell you something, man. Now this is like Obama had just like been elected, right? He said, "I want to tell you something, man. Summer after Obama's first election, he said, what's coming can't be stopped." <laughs> I looked at him. I said, "Get the fuck!" I said, "No, no." So what are you talking about? He said, "Let me paint you a picture, man." He said, Ten thousand bikers descend on Frankfurt. That's the capital of Kentucky. <laughs> All demanding one thing." I was like, "What's that?" He said, "Well, I'll just tell you this. You might not know this, but there's nothing in the Constitution that says you have to pay taxes." <laughs> I said, "Is that right, Norman?" He said, yeah, he said, you ever looked into that? I said, I bet you haven't looked into that. I bet you've just went on your whole life thinking you had to, didn't you? <laughs> I said, well, I said, yeah, I think they uh, they come and get you if, uh, you know, you don't. And he looked at me and, like, wait to do this. He goes, ain't got me yet, and just walked off. <laughs> now, mind you, this dude, this dude had long, reddish blonde hair and wear like a, looked like goddamn Kevin Sorbo was the Beastmaster. Had a, like a, 
like a leather vest thing on. You know what I mean? And at work, at work, he would take his outlaw's patch on. But as soon as work was over, he'd take that one off and put his outlaw's cut on and ride off into the sunset, do what he's wanting to do. But he believed that there was a, a 10,000 biker coalition that was going to like, like stop taxation in the state of Kentucky. But anyway, point being is I should have saw the the nascent Tea Party movement uh, springing forth then. Storm and Norman, man. That was 2008. It was the summer after Obama's first election. So this was like... That you know that midterm is right mm. when they started cropping up, yeah. you know. So it was like a year later, right. they were, mm. you know, kind right. of had a foothold. Ten thousand bikers storming DC. <laughs> <laughs> they did. So they paint your picture, man. Well, I mean, like, I don't know, man. I think that that's a. I think that's why I really wanted to get in this whole the board society the spectacle. I got some Baudrillard and shit too, because I'm doing enough reading, y'all. I need to read, but like. It's like the e-crisis, right? Y'all talk about, right? It really is like this, yo, you have this whole entire segment of the population that literally does not live in the same, like, on the same plane of reality. And how far is the GOP willing to go in the Democratic Party just by neglect and political malpractice, but how far is the GOP willing to go to, like, mold these people, right? And whatever, whatever the fuck this is, like... You know what I mean? Like, it seems like they don't have it under control, which is why, like, they can't come right out and be like, all right, well, we lost the fuck. Also, I don't think that, I mean, even if, that's what I'm curious about. If it wasn't Trump and it was somebody else, would they have conceded? Would they have kind of like, you know, submitted? Or is Trump such a unique figure who himself is incapable of defeat that he sort of embodies the Republican Party's, like, anti-democratic like you know cutthroat strategy to like gaining power you know what i mean i don't know if that makes sense yeah but it's like it is no that makes it makes sense yeah it's uh i don't know man it's it's people are living in two different like six different americas right now i just saw is it yesterday the 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 democrat i don't know what what their twitter page was it's like the democratic coalition twitter page it's like an official like you know, Twitter handle, whatever, the Democratic Party. They were like, today is Biden Day. I think that was Monday. <laughs> <laughs> like, today was, oh today was Biden one day. <laughs> and like, bro, let me tell y'all something. We're going we're gonna to be going, we'll, our, like, great, 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 great grandchildren be, like, vacationing, like, St. Kitts and Nevis, and they'll build statues this motherfucker like he was Simone Bolivar or some shit. You know what I mean? It's like jo- Joseph Robinette Biden saved the Republic of the United States of America. Dude, but the thing is, Tom, the funny thing is, is that they did this to Obama exactly as Aaron was saying right after he was elected. I mean, there was, you know, there's people all over the world. Obama was like a worldwide, you know, icon, like this global you know, yeah. figure, right. and, um, you know, within a few years, he's just bombing the same people that were, exactly. you know, like, hoping that this... Direct to would... <laughs> <laughs> Right. Painting murals but and the... stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the funniest thing is, is, like, I just watch all this shit roll out, and it is such a hilarious, just, like, crude facsimile of mm. 2008. It is really like we went through some sort of portal as a society... And went back to 2008 with all of our current baggage, and you know, like I don't know, it's it is so completely bizarre. We are walking across the desert of the real right now, man. It is like just this fucking <laughs> wasteland, yo. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It's like I think that's what concerns me about like the left and the left's future is like if we're not able to kind of seize part of that cognitive map, then. You know, that's when the descent to barbarism really starts, right? That's when you have 10,000 bikers descending on fucking D.C., you know, and, like, libs are doing Norman Rockwell-style paintings of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Meanwhile, you know, thousands of people are getting coronavirus a day. It's just so bizarre. 200,000, man. This is insane. Right. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? I should uh, say, before we get too far down the road, what happened to Storm and Norman. He, uh... He was contracted to uh, lay some concrete at the Whitesburg Fire Department, and he worked for two days and then walked off the job, and nobody saw him again until he reprised about 
I don't know, six, seven years later, having done a bid for, you guessed it. Tax evasion? <laughs> tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> he did two years in Clay County for tax evasion. Oh, man. And the only reason I saw him crop back up again is because he came to a city council meeting and was demanding that uh, Whitesburg recognize um, uh, bike night. <laughs> Where they shut down. <laughs> you will never see a bigger group of people. Perhaps the pit bull lobby is the only thing comparable to it. That are position themselves as such an aggrieved group as bikers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, look, look, I, I respect your hobby or whatever if you want to do that. But, like, I ain't trying to hear those fucking loud ass. <laughs> nah, I, I got, like, Nobody PTSD, is, really. man. I won't fuck up the table, chill out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are like the old groups, though. You know what I mean? Like, so er- earlier, Aaron, you brought up how everybody operates on six different sort of understandings of the world. You know, I mean, it's probably closer to like eighty thousand. Yeah. I mean, it's just like there's it's so fragmented. Yeah. But but partially, weirdly enough, sometimes I wonder if change is ever even possible for the very same. So, okay, so maybe I'm walking this too far ahead. I was reading this essay the other day by David Foster Wallace where he talks about, like, TV in the early 90s and late 80s and how there's, like, you know, four corporations that rule over everything and everybody basically gets the same knowledge at all times. Uh, you know, another, they're, like, they're all... straight white man reading David Foster Wallace. Huh? <laughs> hey, bro, I, I ride about with infinite jest in my car all the time, yo. I, I do like David Foster Wallace a lot, yo. I'm not, I know what essay you're talking about, too, Terrence. I think I read that one. Yeah, it's called, like, E Pluribus yeah. something. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, It's yeah. about television, though. Um... It's it's a very fascinating essay, and if you don't ever if you don't ever want to read Infinite Jest, a lot of the themes from Infinite Jest are in that essay. Not addiction, because that's basically what Infinite Jest is about. But entertainment um, and like yeah, the kind inter- of entertainment, entertainment information we consume and how what that says about us, kind of thing. Yes, exactly. And it's a it's a very fascinating essay because he makes some predictions about the future. One, you know, some of them are right and then some of them are wrong. One of the things that he just could not countenance that he just did not see happening was that people take the TV into their own hands and personalize it and decide what they want to watch and what they want, what like what knowledge and information they want to start consuming. He thought that at that time, corporate control was so powerful over like all the sort of modes of communication and entertainment and culture that, you know, the same four or five corporations that had ruled everything throughout the 20th century would continue being able to just sort of control how people think and what they see and, and mm-hmm. you know, know and all that. I mean, and it's just fascinating because, like, he wrote this right before the Internet. And I feel like what you're describing right now, like, you know, everybody operating on 60,000 different sort of wavelengths or understandings or whatever, is quite literally just be, you know, a result of, I think, 30 years of algorithms basically just doing their work, you know, sorting people Mm. by what they read, what news they read, what, what they want to consume, and how they want to act on that in the world. And so that's how, you know, that's how you get the Tea Party early on, and that's how it morphs in, you know, it, it doesn't re- it's not really the same thing as QAnon. I guess QAnon's maybe a little more working class, <laughs> would you say? <laughs> the, the, the working class stuff of QAnon, indeed, yo. I mean, like, yeah, it, it is, does, though. It, it, kind of, it kind of feels like it, right? Like, it trans- it's more cross-class than the Tea Party was. I mean, like... There weren't, like, poor tea partiers. No, I mean, and it was, like, I feel like that was just people that want... I mean, yes, they were aggrieved, you know, for economically, sure, but I feel like it was just people that wanted to just keep their money and were, like, racist and, like, xenophobic and shit. Right. Like, QAnon, it really does feel like... Yo, that's why... I've always said this. I don't know how, how, like, you can do the... Put this in practice, how easy it is, but, like, I think that conspiracy theorists can be pretty easy to convert to, like, leftism... Because it's like, oh, you already have this anti-elitist view of the world. Like, let me show you, like, the real conspiracy. And it's not, like, a bunch of fucking lizard people. Or, actually, it also is, like, political pedophile rings and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, it actually... (laughs) The general contours of what they believe are correct. Yes. You know what I mean? It's just that the... The characters and the who and the how are a little... Yeah, a little, a little... 
if you talk to these QAnon people, I mean, a lot of them, uh, you know, they will bring up Epstein and stuff like that. And so it's like, it's like you have some of the general, exactly like you were saying, Tom, like you have some of the general contours correct. But it's like, I mean, but the thing is, it's like it's not the Jews that are behind it. (laughs) Exactly. It's capitalist. I don't know. It's, um, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I guess the point, okay, so where I was going with all that is that you have that situation where, I mean, people are basically able to personalize their own news intake and information and everything now, which was always kind of the case, but it's definitely way more the case now. Um, And as a result, you get these sort of like discernible, definable, you know, political positions in American society now. And they're still pretty marginal and fringe, like QAnon and, like, the online left. But the material base for all of it is quite literally online. Mm. And so and, and so it, it's weird, though. I mean, there are instances, though, where it does bleed over into real life. You know what I mean? Like AOC, for example. Very online personality and individual, but now has a degree of power mm-hmm. in society, I guess. You know, I don't know. Um, but it's the same thing with the QAnon. So maybe my thesis here isn't exactly correct. My thesis was going to be that the internet is actually coincidentally what prevents social movements from ever mm. actually being able to influence society or anything. Um, but I, I don't know. It kind of does seem like we've that's been proven incorrect. Well, man, lately I, I don't know. No, I mean I think that's like I know I think that's a good point actually. Um, I don't know why you were talking. I was thinking about how wild it is that like Trump makes these claims um, about the election and Twitter has just now decided to exercise that censorship that they have where they're like, you know, right below his tweet. It's like these claims are like, you know, like uh, unsubstantiated or whatever they say. Right. And like, how wild is that, that the most powerful person on the planet is being censored by a private company while his supporters believe that you know what i mean it's like really like some bizarre surreal (laughs) shit where like i'm just like i know this motherfucker's lying but like imagine the people who like see that and think that twitter is like fascistic and authoritarian for censoring the president of the united states right like right it's it's very very bizarre yo we live in a very we live in a spectacle is what it is yeah yeah, no, it is. I mean, you're right. It definitely is. I mean, it's completely nonsensical. Or, I don't know. It's it's deeply... Um, parodic? Is that the right word? Yeah, it feels yeah. like a parody of some sort of society. It, I mean, like it really does. It feels like we're living in, a par- in some sort of parody of a society. <laughs> Maybe that's a hack thing to say. I don't know. It just... I don't. The reason I say that is because Tom, you know, the other night me and Tom were texting me, and he sent me this photo of like, what was it, Tom? It was like George Bush, Dennis Hastert, Dick Cheney, Joe Biden, you know, like all of the, you know, the greatest hits of two thousand three, like signing the authorization to go into Iraq, and um, you know, it's like just. A, I mean, it is like a funhouse mirror, though. That's what it seems like. It seems like all of our politics right now are just reflected in the funhouse mirror. And, like, everybody sees what they want to see. Like, it just blows my fucking mind that, like, you know, Chris Coons can go on. And, I mean, even, like, even my family, you know. Like, that's how, that's how like, deeply diseased I realized all this shit was, like, after, the day after the election. And I'm criticizing Biden for not winning right. by a bigger margin against, like, a dude who let 200,000 people die. And my family is telling me I shouldn't be criticizing the Democrats and like I should shut the fuck up because I didn't vote for him. And I'm like, yo, how conditioned are you to like this liberal worldview where you can't even criticize like like you don't owe them anything. You gave them your fucking votes. Like that's like what what more what more do you like, you know, do you like I don't know. It's 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 really it's really bizarre because then I feel like I'm crazy for just pointing out like, well, they probably should campaign better. Right. You know. <laughs> oh, man. I don't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it, it's weird, like seeing that photo and just sort of putting yourself in, you know, that time, you know, getting in your sort of time machine in your mind and going back to that time. 
And it was in America where I feel like, and this is not an original point by any means, I feel like this is one of the sort of central observations of the online left, but like those people were criminals, right? Like these were criminal masterminds. These people, they, you know, through elect, they stole elections, Um, you know, most famously Reagan in 1980, most famously Bush in 2000. I mean, they they overthrew governments, you know, left and right. I mean, the... We're talking about dynastic families like the Bushes and the Rockefellers, the Kennedys, the Dolas, like, and now, I don't now it's it's so bizarre. It's like we're living with the sort of like crude imitations of those people. That like they're so inept. I mean, how many how many failed coup attempts did we witness this under a Trump presidency? They got eventually. They got so frustrated with their inability to overthrow a government, they just fucking nuked an Iranian general, and and just just because they could. I mean, that is really how hubristic <laughs> America has become. Yeah. You know, just how fucking lazy and, and just, I mean, from that viewpoint, it is honestly, it, it's really a shame that we haven't overthrown them yet. I mean, we're talking about deeply stupid people. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. You think that under a Biden administration that because I feel like Trump brought it, like, he made the absurdity, like, explicit, like, for everybody to see. So if you didn't, weren't already, like, tapped into how bizarre American politics are, like, he just brought that to the forefront. But I don't think there's any, like, putting the genie back in the bottle. You think that under Biden that we're going to return to some, like, whatever a new normal is that's sort of, like, a shadow of, like, the old normal, you know what I mean? Or is it just going to be, like, nah, the absurdities continue? I think the Absurdities, the absurdities continue. continue. Absolutely. What I'm what I'm interested to see is the positions they contort themselves into trying to like cover up Biden's obvious like cognitive decline. You know what <laughs> no, I mean? Like when he comes out, like when he comes out with like his dick hanging out of his like pee hole to give like some sort of address and like slobbering on himself. <laughs> like I, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm wondering like to be fair, what lengths they'll to go to to like say everything's fine and like you know what i mean it's like a different kind of gaslighting yeah well here here's the thing though and here's what i that's a great point tom but here's what i realized today overlooking the list of transition team members on the sort of biden harris transition team it is a who's who of every elite liberal nonprofit NGO and law firm and think tank in in America. Basically, uh, we're talking about you know you know nonprofits and organizations that have been central to how this country governs for several decades now. And so I feel like at this point, th- those are the people who wind up running shit. And so the person you vote for as president is just kind of there as a sort of figurehead signifier, yeah. maybe, I guess. Like, yeah, figurehead, like just somebody who's like you put all their sort of like va- your own sort of like values and virtues and cultural signifiers into. Um, but they don't actually like do any of the governing or functioning. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't there, know. I, I, I said this last week, but. But I work in fucking Sierra Club, and they're talking about the Biden administration's uh, environmental platform is the most progressive ever. <laughs> it's like, how do you say that with Wait, a fucking face? Wait, let's break, the, let's break this down for a minute. Remember when Bernie himself said that Biden had the most progressive uh, policy platform since FDR? It's like, motherfucker, you mean since in the past 70 years, bro? Yeah. Like that's not a good. That's not like a good look. You know what I mean? Even if that were true, yeah, that's still not. Yeah. Before we even had strip mining, before we even like had the forms of extraction where we just stuff a mountain full of fucking dynamite and just rig the whole fucking thing and then just drag the fucking gravel back and forth over it for like several months. Yeah, before we were doing that. <laughs> like, those are the environmental pre- policies we should be listening to. Yeah, definitely. It is so fucking, it's so fucking insane. And in some ways, it's like, I felt like the Trump era really sort of laid bare, like, the, the uselessness of, like, these people and these organizations, and it's particularly the NGO sphere. And it's now like, it's like, 
the Biden administration is like futilely hoping to like, you know, validate that worldview again. That like sort of um, worldview where it was like uh, everything's going to change on on um, us making micro loans to poor alpaca farmers in Guatemala. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> reasonable <laughs> interest rates and that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that sort of like Clintonism. Yeah. Sort of like uh, what they used to call um, creative capitalism. Jesus, that's a curse. That's curse You know what I mean? Like this is like, the, this is the sort of worldview I, I think is like sort of like an early, before we really codified broadly what neoliberalism was, I feel like this was like what really sort of like spearheaded that. It's what like gave rise to like, um, you know, Tom Shoes was like a spiritual like forebear oh to like my Uber fucking God. and like yeah. you know what uh-huh. I'm saying? Yeah, dude. like 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 yes, it, like if you exactly just do a little right. good in the world, you could continue to like you know just adhere to this rapacious capitalism. But it's fine because there's Argentinian kids in fishing villages that now have these ugly ass shoes. Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ, yo! That's so bleak. That's so bleak when you think about it. Like it, it, it like if. If government, I think, for people is a representation of, like... I mean, it's all moralistic, right? Like, it's a representation of their values and, like, these deeply held beliefs. But instead, we're just going to have... And if Prop 22, like, in California is any omen and, like, you know, Biden's, like, administration, like, it's just going to be, like, nah, we're just going to privatize these virtues and have, like, these private corporations, like, make manage things and make people feel good because at least it's not, you know, the country's not being run by, like, Orange Cheeto Man, yo. Yeah. <laughs> like, that shit. Like, we're going to be living in, like, company towns, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. fucking, like, yeah. <laughs> like oh. It's going to be man, dope. And, and America's, man, America's obsessed with pastiche, man. And I think, like, part of that, you can see, like, just this broad cross-section of people that are so traumatized by the Trump thing, whether real or imagined that like they've just fallen back into like the sort of mid 2000s like early obama era sort of nostalgia and they're like oh yes this is a return to that you know what i mean yeah but pastiche man it's the it's the hallmark of a, a decaying empire a decaying society so but, but Tom, you brought up a good point yo you made me think about something so like i think that we're never gonna have like an obama type of presidency like ever again right like where things like seem like normal and good and okay and even for people like myself who got more radicalized during the obama years i could sense like that this shit was unraveling right trump blew that shit open biden people are hoping for that return but you're right man like his cognitive decline like what if every president from now on just has this complete like either like i'm not trying to be ageist or nothing but i'm just being like you know either like you know mental cognitive decline or is like increasingly more sociopathic from the republican side so like yeah. biden's whole term is gonna be him like <laughs> literally trying not to shit his fucking you know doo-doo pants like while yeah. like meeting with <laughs> like other leaders of like other countries or it's gonna be gaps for the next like fucking four years Dude, and this is a guy that didn't have a firm grasp on that shit before he really started declining. <laughs> like, that's what Joe Biden was famous for when he ran in 2008, like the Biden gaffes. You know what I mean? He was, he was all the time saying something stupid. And I saw this thing where Obama had privately told donors. This is like I did this tweet where it was like, you know, uh, it was talked about like Obama throwing shade at, at Biden, like when he was trying to run and everything. You know, he famously said, Joe, you don't have to do this. You really don't. <laughs> but there was another thing where he was addressing a group of donors, I think in Michigan or somewhere. And privately off the record, he said, don't underestimate Joe Biden's ability to fuck things up. <laughs> so like. Like, we basically got, like, a Mr. Magoo presidency or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, really, like, we have this, like, bumbling fool that's, like, this folksy guy. Like, you don't, like, you don't really have to look. Joe Biden is no exemplar of excellence. You know what I mean? In any way, shape, or form. I mean, you might like the guy. You know what I mean? Or whatever. But, like, His you can't be in like- awe of him. And he's not a tough guy. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people think he's this tough guy. Like, he's like, I'll stare down President Xi. I'll stare down uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vladimir Putin. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not afraid to take the tyrants on. Like, he says that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? And, like, really and truly, you've got, like, 
this like kind of dumb old man that like shits his doo doo ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's that's the thing, right? Is that like how much longer are people going to like you know uh, place legitimacy? Like, you know, fuck Trump's claims of, like, you know, illegitimate election. How much longer are people going to believe in people like Joe Biden, right? Like, we yeah. all, yo, I swear to fucking God, like, unless you're, like, really, like, lib-brained or, like, you're part of that, like, I mean, even the consulting class knows that this guy is fucking, like, just an avatar for, like, you know, a hollow, like, vessel for all these, like, corporations and, like, all these people that are jockeying for position, like... Biden literally is that old, like, the dying king on his deathbed with all of his subordinates surrounding him, like, just waiting for him to yeah. fucking croak. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. how much longer, writ large, are people going to believe, especially young people, going to believe in, like, like these institutions, right? Like, Man, let, me <laughs> yeah. let me tell you what it kind of mirrors to me, I think, in a way. And I don't know if y'all experience this because, how old are you, Aaron? I was thirty. Just I was about to okay, so How just old fuck 30. am I? Thirty. Yeah. goddamn. Yeah. So you just you just a few years younger than us, but like I don't know if y'all like, but there was like a very like we, like growing up in the nineties. I'll say for example, like the whole Clinton era. Mm. You know, what I mean? there's like this refrain after the Clinton years. Like for years, people are like, "Man, I miss Bill Clinton. I miss Bill Clinton. I miss Bill Clinton." And I feel like there is that that kid that like a guy like me was maybe like ten years ago, and that like I miss Bill shit. Is like on very much on that I miss Obama tip. I miss Obama. I miss mm-hmm. Obama. You know, in the yeah. same way that like we sort of fetishized right. the Clinton nineties, right. they yeah. fetishized sort of well fetishized is not really the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Obama yeah, like like mid to late aughts mm-hmm. or late aughts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Going into like the early twenty tens. And um I feel like like that accounts for a lot of this like this like warm fuzzy feeling for Biden, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I think it's a purely aesthetic choice because it like they think for for the, a lot of the same reasons the whole like I miss Bill people thought that like a Hillary Clinton presidency meant a, another de facto Bill Clinton presidency. I think a lot of people feel like Obama will very much have his hands in like a Biden presidency somehow, whether that's true or not. You know, I mean, if you look at their if you get on buildbackbetter.com <laughs> Jesus fucking um, Christ. <laughs> BBB. BBB. Build back better. Um, if you look at the people they've appointed to these transition teams, I mean, it is. I was. I was just joking with um some of our friends earlier today. I feel like I had a war flashback, and it is Veterans Day. I had a war flashback to the war on coal. Reading this, like the people who have been appointed to the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, for example. Or if you look at any of the other agencies, I mean, it is just a who's who of all the major nonprofits and NGOs of the last couple of decades. And so I think it's a central thing to the liberal mindset. We've pointed this out many times on the show, but it's a central feature of the liberal mindset to just want to tinker. And that's why these people say that Joe Biden's better on the environment than anybody. It's because they'll throw in like somebody from Greenpeace or someone or probably not Greenpeace, but they probably wouldn't do that. But like Earth Justice, mm. you know, just some, you know, middle of the road, standard, vanilla ass environmental nonprofit, a massive one. And they'll just throw in somebody like that to the transition team. And these people love to just be able to say that we're just making things better, but without actually making anything better. Like, again, we've pointed this out on the show, and this is the central feature of nonprofits. But it is just tinkering at the edges, just seeing what you can do with the institutions to make them actually function um, in the way that you think that they should, in a way that like just sort of reduces as much harm as possible. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, I was looking at these lists and you see stuff like n- n- massive nonprofit, in- uh, environmental nonprofits, but also like microloan institutions um and then you know all the way to stuff like the rand corporation for example <laughs> yeah i just yo i was just looking through that shit man and i saw like i'm looking through the most recent employment of some of these people and it's just like you know the rand corporation you know these other like um llcs or like firm you know law firms or like it's just i, I was just thinking about it too like you know how like people can't really define what neoliberalism yeah, is right Right. right. 
And it's Me. like, it, it just is the ambient background noise of like the society that we live in. I think that like this will be the first truly explicitly like neoliberal administration for like the 21st century, you know? It's actually defined and like yes. finally understand what it is. <laughs> yes, yo, I really do because like I think that like just like the 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 people that are going to be on this transition team, this kind of like neoliberal globe like globalization sort of worldview that these people have will be like so explicit maybe and for people like I don't know. I mean, Biden, Biden's not going to go out there calling himself a neoliberal. But for those of us who've been trying to figure out exactly what neoliberal neoliberalism is as like, you know, political economy or as like even like a worldview, like this will be it, yo. Yeah. Like build even build back better. Like Jesus fucking Christ. Like it's so <laughs> empty and hollow. But like when you look at this transition team full of so much like actual meaning, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, did you see who, like, who was leading the Department of Labor transition team? Oh my fucking god, no! It was someone from this um, tech company called Fiscal Note. Oh my god! Fiscal Note provides software tools and platforms, data services, news, and news to the Fiscal Note government relationship management service. Its core revenue generating project product. I mean, like. Basically, it's just a startup, a, um, a sort of like Silicon Valley type startup that uses, I don't know, like a certain kind of app. I don't, I don't even know. Do y'all know? You even know what the fuck Fiscal Note no. is? No. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page trying to figure it out, and it's just, what the fuck? You know, dead-eyed. Oh, this is this is dark. People. Fiscal notes are privately held. The company helpful. produces content and events for government affairs professionals in particular. Recent speakers include Governor Martin O'Malley. Do you remember Martin O'Malley? s and P Global CEO. Dude, if your crowning achievement is doing messaging for Mark O'Malley. There's also someone from a bank called Center for Community Self-Help. <laughs> You know what's interesting though? Looking at some of these the most recent employment of these people, and when it sounds self-employed, that is, that is truly dark. Yeah, I've wondered what that means. <laughs> well, you know what it is. It's like someone it's just, just like, has a reputation for being a badass, a badass nonprofit consultant. They're like, we gotta get Tom Sexton. I'm trying to get in that racket, man. You know how many motherfuckers I've dealt with in my job where it's just like. They just show up and like spit out these platitudes on these hour-long phone calls, and then just you know they'll say, "Oh, the the path to victory is narrow, but it's there," and uh, you know that kind of shit. And then like, "Oh yeah, write me a check for ten thousand dollars because I was like uh, the under 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 secretary of fucking horse cum under the Obama administration." <laughs> there, there is there is a person uh, supposedly. In the uh, Department of Labor, there's this person's name is Josh Orton, and uh, oh, he saw that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he looks like he's a Bernie, a senior Bernie staffer. Bernie, yeah, yeah. And then like you know, there's also like uh, what is this? The Solidarity Center, you know. So it's like I even want to look into a group like that. You know what I mean? Like an organization like that. And this is the Department of Labor. I, like people, yeah. Self help. Center for Community Self Help. Yeah. That is incredible. The commu- Center for Community Self-Care is, is going to be a bank microloan institution that you're going to see in the next few years that is helping um, the next pre- the Pete Buttigieg administration try to trans- transition in 2024. Fucking uh, the, the organizers of OzFest. Not OzFest, <laughs> but OZFest. Uh, Some of these... Some of these organizations, Education Trust is one of them, was instrumental in writing No Child Left Behind. That's an interesting little uh, tidbit oh for you. God, dude. The- um, some of them, one of, weirdly enough, I have not seen anyone write anything about this, but weirdly enough, one of the law firms helping Trump in his election challenges is on one of Biden's... I think it's on his Justice Department transition team. Oh, my fuck. So how does that work, you know? Is there not, like, a conflict of interest there or anything? I, I heard that... Um, I don't know if y'all saw this, but I heard that the... Uh, I don't want to fuck this up. I wish I could find the article in time, but, like, uh, they're trying to blacklist, I guess, his transition team, blacklist, like, 
anybody from like the Trump admin, like I mean, I think these are even like low level staffers from working like in government again, you know? Like as a way of oh, like right. yeah, like if you took a paycheck from Donald Trump, you won't be working for the U.S. government anymore under a Biden administration. Oh God! Which is like, which is like, <laughs> oh, like every one of you motherfuckers sitting here fucking still sucking off fucking Henry Kissinger, his fucking ninety-six year old ass, and like you're gonna say, oh, uh, some rando Trump staffer can never get a check in government again. Like I mean, I agree with that. <laughs> you know, fucking. Throw him in prison, but you can't really take the moral high road on that shit. Is what I'm saying. Well, no, especially not when you're talking about we're not opponents. Uh, we're we're opponents, not enemies. It's like, yeah, I'm not, that's why. Like, oh, yeah, we're not. But you're like you're preventing some fucking low level career like bureaucrat from like fucking feeding his kids or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, no, nah, he'll be fine. It ain't right, that serious. Right. Like, he'll be okay. But I mean, my sister works for the State Department. You know, like, what does this mean that like she wouldn't? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand like right. how this is supposed to work when we're supposed to be engendering feelings of unity, right? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But I mean, what they 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 wouldn't actually do that. Like, they're. I mean, like, I have liberal friends who quite literally believe that something is going to happen to Trump himself <laughs> as a result. That they're going to like, you know, do some expose. Go to jail. It's some expose and find out all of his crimes and then like put him on trial. It's like. We know, you, all really we know all of his crimes. We know all of his crimes. The fuck are you talking about? Yo, this is... <laughs> we knew going in, this motherfucker had... We knew going in, this... I mean, before he was even president, this motherfucker had credible, like, allegations of, like, like sexually assaulting, like, girls on, like, airplanes. Like, 13-year-old yeah. girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Dude... Like, I mean, this is the first thing that comes to mind. (laughs) No, hell yeah, yeah. yo. The Dollop, Dave Anthony (laughs) on his uh, podcast, The Dollop, did like a, I think it was like a two-part series into Donald Trump. And it was like one of the most horrifying things I've ever like listened to. Like, and all that shit is out there for people. And it's the the idea, but see, that's where it's like, you know, we were saying it's like those 60,000, 80,000 different ways of like looking at America, like that fractal view. Like, there are people who literally think that this motherfucker will see the inside of a jail cell. And it's like, you they might as well be the MAGA QAnon people, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? This, there's a far better likelihood that in the last day of office that this motherfucker would, like, launch a nuke than him going to jail. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like he might he might take us all out before he like Stan, yo. <laughs> yeah, we're all going out like Stan. Yo, uh, uh, as his parting gift, just nuking a major American city. <laughs> yo, I'm here for it, bro. Seattle, <laughs> very nasty. It, Had to do it. <laughs> New York wasn't very nice to me, folks. Had to nuke it. Had to Bye-bye. nuke it. It's my own hometown too. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we really do have like two months of this like caged animal. Like besides the whole like by the the you know horrific Biden administration transition thing, there's also just the fact that we got two butts of this like dude like his back is against the wall and like there's no telling what he might do. Right. That's exciting. In like a dark way it's exciting. Yeah. No, I'm with you, Aaron. I'm totally with you. <laughs> you know another possibility too is that Trump is just like he can't take an L, but he really just doesn't want to be the president anymore either. So he's just kind of like, <laughs> like bored with it. But he can't like he has to have his pride intact, so he has to look like he went down, you know, fighting and there was some sort of like right. you know uh, foul play or something. But he's just like, nah, I'm ready to get back to like you know. But I think he's gonna have a rude awakening because he, I think he thinks he's just gonna ease back into like civilian life. And who knows? I mean, the libs rehabilitated George Bush, but they have a palpable hate of this guy. That like even like right. surpasses a war criminal. So like Trump might think he's just going to join polite like socialite society again and just be like you know like take all of his mistresses to Paula Abdul concerts or whatever. But like <laughs> he's going to find that he's blackballed. He may just like in like the rest of his life just be holed up and depressed somewhere. That's and he's awesome. like unwittingly that is made himself awesome to think about. Not nothing mattered, but like he underestimated like Lib's actual commitment to decorum and like saying nice things. Well, 
I don't know, man. Richard Spence, uh, not Richard Spencer, shit. Uh, Sean Spicer. Why do I get those two people? Same fucking person. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Spicer was on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, that's true. Like, like, but I mean, then again, like, it's the, he was the president of the United States. Yo, I, I would, I would almost guarantee you that in like a year, two years, he will be rehabilitated. Yeah. Somehow, I don't know how it's gonna happen, but like because libs don't really have like this long-term ideological project of like party building nor like defining enemies like at some fucking point you go see a picture this motherfucker at a cocktail party or some shit like you you gotta see him go on snl and they're they're doing skits of him as himself and like really (laughs) horrific like things everybody's gonna be like laughing about it like ha 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 I like Yo, Trump more as a civilian than the president. This is pretty funny and charming. Where was that at while he was in office? <laughs> Yo, that's actually so dark, bro. You imagine SNL like five years from now and like he's like headlining it? Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Wow, son. Me that fucks me pretty up, incredible. Yo. We really should do like a great a Trump greatest hits, I mean. Oh, I mean, yeah, I was like, I was watching this David Attenborough thing the other day, and they were talking about Greenland, and I was like, yeah, that is definitely a thing that happened. Trump tried to literally trade an, an American territory for just the entire island of Greece. Yeah, <laughs> Didn't he try true. to trade Puerto Rico for it? <laughs> like, tried to sell, like, who owns Greenland? Denmark, I, I guess? I think so. I don't was he, like, know. just going to sell them Puerto Rico? <laughs> Y'all remember it. Oh, this will always be ingrained in my mind, man. When he, uh, when there was a whole trade war with China, and he's outside of the White House, I think he's about to get in a helicopter, yo. And he looks up at the sky and says, "I am the chosen one." Like, yeah, about that. Bro, forgot about that. Like shooting, like you know, fucking like hitting three pointers of like, to- like paper towels, like at Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> they got hit by the hurricane. I mean, it's just like, I swear to God, my kids are dying. Oh yeah, the paper. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> like you drink Kobe with the bounty, bro. What are you talking about, dude? Like my kids are never gonna believe that any of this shit. And that's the thing is like. There's no way that a Biden administration is going to top that. But it's going to be absurd in its own fucking way, dude. Well, yeah, you're right. Dude, it is... I have been having the weirdest fucking week. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I've been having the weird... Like, everything feels so dead. It feels like the life and the soul has been sucked out of everything. I mean, it's all because of the pandemic, Mm. right? But... It's also maybe like maybe I've got anxiety because the election is over, mm. but I'm not getting any good Trump hits. Like I've got to have my good Trump know, hits, man. man. I've got to have the tweets. The <laughs> tweets have been like more more angry and less funny. You know, it's not fun. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> it's like the second debate. It's like the second <laughs> debate, yo. Where like you know he thought he was gonna get muted and like I mean I don't even think he ever got muted, but it just wasn't funny. Because, like, he wasn't, like, right. going in on Biden as he did in the first debate. And I feel like ever since right, the first right. debate, like, he got COVID, you know, came back swinging, you know, like, fucking, like, in the ring, like, let's go. And then the second debate and then the election and he's just been on, like, you know, just stuffing his fucking face with, like, fast food. Apparently, I heard staffers are lighting uh, lighting scented candles. I heard that, too. <laughs> to get, cover right, up the stench. Right, right. Like, I mean, it's depressed, yo. Now... You're right, dude. Aaron, you are so right. Ever since that second debate, it has been so serious. You have to be serious. You can't... This isn't a joke anymore, okay? Wake the fuck up. Like, grow up. Trump is bad. He's a fascist in the White House. And it's like, yeah, but, like, everything's bad anyways. And I worked in these nonprofits that are going to be working with the Biden administration on stuff like environmental policy. And I just witnessed firsthand... Yeah, I just witnessed things get worse. And so it's like that that that's why I don't really give a shit one way or the other. <laughs> like they're going to do the same shit and they're going to they're just going to smile about it and make it respectable. Um or or the and you know, even more fundamental things at the liberal psyche, they will sort of try to um you know, give you an inch, you know, at least give you mm. 
an audience, right? Like they'll let you in to air your grievances, but they won't actually do about it. That's really the difference between a liberal administration mm-hmm. and a conservative one. Um, and so I don't know. I think that's why I just can't really, I just can't really get there one way. We're, we're like we're like again in this <laughs> weird like stasis where it's like nobody knows what's gonna happen. Right. Like it's like the election has been determined, but we still have two months ahead of us of like just complete insanity and i mean i don't know what trump is doing or thinking like i don't i think the republican party has a long-term like project where again they're just sort of setting up to like actually steal an election like you know two years from now or like you know uh you know four years from now but other than that it's like is this the slide like the descent back into normalcy even though like you know, COVID, I think yesterday had, like, the record number of hospitalizations since, like, April. You know, like, right? things are continually yeah, getting worse, but there are people, truly people, who do, again, like, I don't want to overuse, like, the meme, but they really do want to go back to bunch. And that's, like, equal parts, like, horrifying and should be, I mean, it should be galvanizing for the left, but, like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's... We gotta we gotta let Tom go here, but it's like this was kind of a doomer one, but it's like the last one we recorded wasn't that way at all. It's like almost the exact opposite. Um, so if you want to, the dialectic. If the yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you want the uh, palate cleanser, go to the Patreon. P a t r e o n dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party and um, also you know, let's subscribe. Just say for- give us. Real quick, Terrence, before you before you do the sign off, uh, Hillbillyology is not out. So everybody that was tuning in thinking right. we're gonna get Hillbillyology, that's not we're, we're not dangling a carrot in front of your head. It's just not out yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's in theaters. If you want to risk getting COVID watching it, uh, go you know by all means. I'm, <clears throat> I'm gonna leave that to y'all. <laughs> that's y'all's wrong. I'm not watching that shit. I just, I just saw I just saw a trailer and I was like, God damn, Amy Adams, I feel sorry for her, bro. I just saw crying and yelling white people. I'm good on that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll check it out. I'll check it out, I'll check it out when it comes out. I mean, I'll it <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I have to. I probably should. Yeah, no, it comes out in like two weeks. So, yeah, just hold your horses. It'll be okay. Um but anyways, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Like I said, go to the Patreon, um, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. Thank you for listening to this week's show, and um, we'll catch yeah. you next time. See you, fellas. Bye-bye.